Namaste, it's Renee, and welcome to my podcast, Peace, Love, Abundance. And today's episode uh, might be a little bit um, touch and go. Obviously, in my almost 10 years of teaching yoga, I've had some very amazing stories to tell, interesting people I've met, and, you know, some funny ones, and Today is one of those stories that has such an amazing message behind it. But to get there, you got to go through a little bit of muck. I also promise you that this story truly represents peace, love, and abundance. And today's story is about your your self-worth, your your impact on life and other people's lives. We don't realize sometimes how much we're impacting other people's lives. Whether you're a mechanic and you fix someone's car that is incapable of fixing their cars, that's a huge impact because we need our cars these days. Or maybe you work in the healthcare industry, and I know sometimes as a nurse, I have friends who are nurses, my sister's a nurse, but you have days where sometimes people maybe don't treat you too fairly and they're upset because they're in a lot of pain and agony or whatever's going on in their lives. And they sometimes take it out on you, but in the end, you are making an impact in their life. You just need to take a deep breath and keep going, right? So no matter who you are, I promise you that your self-worth is is worthy and that you make an impact in people's lives. And you need to appreciate that and be proud of that. So today's story uh, is about, in my early years of teaching yoga, I was at a health club in Westminster, Colorado, and I met a couple, their names Donna and Jim. They're an older couple in their late 60s, early 70s. But they came to my yoga classes. And in the beginning, I'll admit, I totally judged them. I was like, wow, you know, are they going to be able to enjoy my class? For those of you who, who don't know, I teach what's kind of called power yoga. It has quite a pace to it. I play very nowadays music, but it's very um, uppity pace, and we keep the flow going, the movements very flowy and with a pace. I think I've already said that a couple times, so let's move on. Anyway, I judged them like we often do. We're not, no one in this life is innocent of not judging somebody, but I was concerned that maybe I might... uh, not deliver a class that is of their speed or their style or their liking because I am that way. I like to try and make everybody happy. And this was early in my career too. Early in my career, I was really into making everybody happy. Over the years, I've learned I can't make everybody happy. And this story though has a good twist in it that you definitely shouldn't judge your yoga students. If you're a yoga teacher, don't judge your yoga students by the cover for sure. Don't judge them by the first day. I gave personal help when I could. Again, it's a fast-paced class, so it's hard to help people with everything. Jim was tighter than Donna, and he struggled a little more than she did, but he didn't give up. He kept taking the class. He kept doing the best he could, and even with, you know, a smile. 
After class, I was sure I wouldn't see them again, though. I approached them and suggested some other classes they might want to take, like the yin or the slow flow or the basics. And they appreciated my suggestions, and they told me that it was a great class. They said that they had fun. They enjoyed my class and that they'd be back. Well, again, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, they're such a nice, sweet couple, but I doubt I will see them again. Then a week went by, and they were back for more. Yes, they did come back. They came back for more. For months, they came to my class and classes. They branched out into some of my other classes. Soon, Jim came less and less, but Donna kept coming. As I got to know Donna, I found out she had a rare form of fallopian tube cancer. She had been battling this for quite a while because with it so rare, they didn't 100% know a procedure to um, help her with it. So they were really attacking her from lots of avenues, doing the best that they could, and helping her beat this rare form of fallopian tube cancer. Anyways, I had no clue. She seemed so vibrant, smiled a lot, and was doing heated power yoga with me at almost 70 years old and battling a rare form of cancer at the same time. We discussed that I know a program of people who specifically do yoga for cancer. And I gave her the info on how to connect with that group and possibly find an instructor that she might resonate with to get a little bit more insight on what she was battling and how it might relate to her yoga practice and encourage healing. Well, the next week she was back. She told me she researched the group, and while it was a great idea, she had decided that, that me, I, was her yoga teacher. I was stunned. Why pick me over a group who was trained and studied specifically for yoga for cancer? But she assured me that doing yoga with me was what she wanted. So we continued. I got to know Jim more as well because he started coming to the yin yoga. Once they discovered the beauty of yin, the two of them would come to yin together because it really was actually a, an activity or sport, whatever you want to call yoga. It's definitely not a sport, but it was something that they enjoyed to doing, doing together. I think he felt like he was supporting her and he knew that the yoga was good for him. So anyways, I eventually started to see Jim back in the studio more often for the for the yin class and Donna about two times per week to do one power flow and one yin. They traveled a lot too, so I would go without seeing them for periods of time while they were out gallivanting around. And I loved hearing their stories when they got back about where they traveled, what they saw, and you could just see it in their faces that they enjoyed traveling and being together. And they really did enjoy each other's company. It was just so cute to see them together. Anyways, a long stint went by where I hadn't seen either one of them. And I just assumed that they were out traveling because sometimes they would even take off to the East Coast for a couple months. It wasn't uncommon. But one night, 
After not seeing them for a while, Jim came in alone. And it was at the end of the yin class instead of the beginning. And when I saw him, with delight, I greeted him. I was happy to see him, and I just asked, where's Donna? It was just a normal, natural thing for me to be happy to see Jim and say, where's Donna? And, of course, he was there to let me know that she had passed. And... Wow, what, what, um, I was just shocked that he went out of his way to come to the health club and to the yoga studio to let me know that she had passed. Now, remember, before I even started this story, I told you don't ever underestimate the impact you have on other people's lives. I assumed in the beginning, I assumed they wouldn't like me or my yoga to begin with and assumed I would never see them again and they kept coming back. And um, I don't know. I tend to be a humble person. I know this about me. Sometimes I, I'm too humble. But I, I was just floored. I had no clue that somebody would make a special trip to let me know that their spouse passed away. Anyway, he was, I gave him a hug, and and uh, and I could tell in his words that he was missing her very much, but he was very strong and well put together and delivered his message as needed me. And then he handed me a box and said, Donna wanted to make sure I got this box of stuff to you. And again, I'm standing there just in shock, and I'm like, there's a box for me? Why wouldn't there be a box for me? And and on this woman's last few weeks or days of her life, she boxed up a box of stuff and told her husband, make sure you give this to Renee after I pass. And I had no no clue that any of this was happening or that I was making this kind of impact on on this couple's life. And so I took the box, gave him another hug and said thank you and was just by now I'm in full tears. I was really trying my best not to because um I wanted to stay strong for Jim. But he told me, he's like, yes, she would want you to have this and she thought very highly of you as well as I do. And thank you so much for being there for her through everything that she was going through. And he's like, I, and he said, and I very much enjoyed your classes too. I didn't even know what yoga was until Donna started to drag me to classes with you. And he's like, I would love to continue to do yoga, but I'm moving back to the East Coast, East Coast to be closer to family. So I won't be seeing you anymore. But thank you. Thank you so much for doing everything you did for Donna and I. Now again, I'm a newer yoga instructor. This was like in my first two years of teaching. And still even second-guessing my knowledge, myself, my delivery, my my voice. I hadn't even 100%, I don't think, found my voice. Or maybe I had. Maybe... I had, I just didn't give myself the credit for it. 
even almost 10 years later, sometimes I don't give myself the credit that I'm due until somebody tells me they appreciate me. And then I appreciate it very much because then they remind me, yes, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I should be doing. And I'm making an impact on people and lives. So I finished cleaning up the yoga studio, drove home in full tears, and walked into my town home. And my boyfriend, Bill, was at home, walked in. It was clear that I was bawling my eyes out. And immediately, Bill asked me, what happened, Renee? What's wrong? It wasn't uncommon that I could come home from certain jobs upset about something that, you know, maybe your boss or your employer, some new rule or something like that, that would upset me enough that I might be that frustrated. You should know I'm a very emotional person. So even anger can sometimes bring tears out in me. So I told Bill the story and even I could see his eyes well up. He'd probably be pissed at me for telling you this, but I could see his eyes well up. You could tell that a story like this would even get to him. And so I sat down and proceeded to go through the box that was given to me. And in the box, there was a meditation stool, an old school wooden meditation stool, a decent-sized Buddha statue, more than just a small figurine, a decent-sized Buddha statue, some mala beads, and a journal with quotes in it that Donna had been writing down after my classes. And they were quotes of things that I said and shared and offered up in class. And... Quite honestly, again, I had no clue that the silly things that I say in class are so catchy that somebody would go home and write it down in a journal. But to read this and have this outside view of me from somebody else's perspective, uh, it's quite um, a, a wow experience. It's an experience full of emotion, right? Sadness, anger, loss, love, compassion, self-worth. It's very humbling, yet self-lifting. And this meant that Donna also had practiced yoga and meditation at home. So for her to go home and journal about it, and then she had a meditation stool and mala beads and such, that's very likely that she was practicing yoga even at home to try and help herself overcome this disease. And, and in the meantime, journaled about the things that I shared in class. I still, to this day, second-guess my impact on others on a daily basis more often than than I want to. I second-guess my knowledge. I second-guess my value and my self-worth. But I honestly believe we all have the ability to make an impact. And your knowledge has very little to do with it. Being a rocket science has very little to do with being compassionate, 
or the ability to share love, peace, and abundance. And not to knock a rocket scientist, right? That's definitely amazing too, the ability to have that kind of knowledge. But do know to make an impact on somebody else's life, you don't have to even be well-educated to give somebody a hug, to share a quote, to share an experience of your own that might help them to where they don't feel so alone anymore. So just get out there and share yourself. Your story is probably one of the most amazing things you can share with somebody so that A, you can get it off of your chest, and B, they don't feel so alone. And your frequency, the frequency that you put off can either be valued or toxic. Resist being toxic and put off a high frequency, something that could maybe impact somebody else's life and even impact your own by doing unto others as you would want done unto you. You can hold yourself back with limiting beliefs that you're not good at what you do or that someone else can do your job or the world is saturated with people in your dream job. Lots of yoga instructors or lots of people are going out and getting yoga certified today. There's people in groups of yoga training today. And when they graduate, they're going to be nervous about what they know. And I'm speaking to them and anybody else. Your first day out of college, trust your knowledge. And more importantly, trust the impact you have on other people. Be yourself. Go out there. Do your dream job. Or if you have a job you hate right now, maybe it's time to seek out your dream job and do something that you feel you can create an impact in life. Don't shortchange your self-worth. Because someone out there values you. And you don't have to be a yoga teacher or a healer or some sort of that from that industry to make an impact. I believe you can be whatever you want to be as long as you are aware of it. Aware of your frequency, your self-worth, and your impact on others. So, I hope today... I can leave you actually with a smile, a comforting smile, knowing that we are all worthy. And peace, love, and abundance can help us realize that and cultivate it and become your highest self, your truest self, because you are worthy. As I leave you today with this, I leave you with peace, love, abundance and namaste.